is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. The international break is nearly over. Just five more days to wait, Blues fans, and we'll be back at Fratton Park to roar John Messino's team on as they look to continue to set the pace at the top of League One. On the show tonight, we'll be talking about Pompey's upcoming fixtures and hearing the thoughts of Chief Executive Andy Cullen, who's been assessing the team's start to the season and the key role supporters have in keeping that momentum going. Grateful as well that you know we have gone behind a few times this season in games and turned things round, but supporters have stayed with us, and I cannot stress how important that is. That conversation, as well as the results of the FA Cup first round draw to come this evening, alongside a review of another successful weekend for the Portsmouth women. Beth Lumsden was on the score sheet twice on Sunday as Pompey beat Plymouth by three goals to one on the road. And during the next hour, we'll be hearing the post-match reaction of the Blues forward. First half, he wasn't good enough. I think we didn't show what we're good at. I think we let external factors get in our heads, but I think second half, we were a lot better, and I think we showed our quality, and we deserved the three points. Head coach Jay Sadler to come too. Still think there were moments through our transition, and this is what Plymouth Argyle are. They're a transitional team, and they made it difficult for us today, and credit to them. We'll get the lowdown on yesterday's victory in Devon, as well as look into the international scene. Pompey's international representatives during this break are discussed, as is tomorrow night's Euro 2024 qualifying match between England and Italy at Wembley. And as always, we want to be hearing from you guys back home too. On the text, it's 81400 starting your message with the word express. Sport at expressfm.com is our email address. Alternatively, you can tweet using at expressfm or visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Plenty coming your way between now and seven o'clock. Good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Hello and welcome along on this Monday night to the Football Hour on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Plan and pay for your journey using the Stagecoach app, downloadable on iOS and Android devices. Well, right now, we'd usually head into the highlights of the Blues weekend game, but due to the international break and three of John Messino's players receiving call-ups, we unfortunately have no match to review. Instead, between now and seven, me and my two studio guests will instead go over how those three players have fared during the break, preview tomorrow's Euro 2024 qualifier between England and Italy, and deliver reaction to yesterday's latest win for the Portsmouth women. But first, let's bring in this evening's panel. First of all, Matt Corrick, Welcome back to the Football Hour, my friends. Thanks, Jake. It's great to be back on again. How are you doing? Yeah, can't complain, Matt. Can't complain. Doing well, thank you very much. Um, we are almost at the end of this international break, Matt. How have you coped with having no Pompey to enjoy for, well, at the moment, only six days since the EFL Trophy win over Gillingham? But come Saturday, we'll be two weeks since the previous league meeting, a 2-0 a win over Port Vale at PO4. How have you been doing in that, that kind of break? Oh, six days, it feels like six weeks, doesn't it, mm. without without the Blues? But, um, yeah, I mean, international football's ticked it over, I suppose, so uh, not too bad overall in, in the general sort of scheme of things, really, Jake. And alongside the two of us tonight, Barry Clements from the 1898, the online Pompey blog, that is. He's, he's no time traveller. Barry, good evening. <laughs> How are you, Jake? You good? I'm, I'm not too bad, yeah. Long way to come from 1898. Yeah, I wish I was time travelling because at least there'd have been some football to watch that Very wasn't international. Plenty but... of it as well. Yeah, I mean, look, at least um, at least the women were in action, so we've got something to something to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, no uh, no time travelling, unfortunately. We've got plenty to talk about, actually, Barry, to be, to be quite honest. Um, but look, going back to sort of this weekend to start the show off with um, only four games took place in League One eight postponed due to international call-ups is this a sign of League One heading into the direction of having no matches scheduled during these breaks and seasons to come or do you see the current fixture set up 
to continue in the EFL. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's leaning towards that. To be completely honest with you, you know, you you eight matches called off, only four going ahead. It is um it is it is heading that way. I think as as League One gets younger, um, and we see more and more youth players coming through in League One, you're going to get call ups for under 21s teams. You're going to get call ups for under 19s and under 18s teams. So, I do think League One is probably heading in that direction. It wouldn't even surprise me if we started doing all professional football. So the 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 four top tiers being being postponed for international breaks to be honest with you yeah looking at the four matches that were played on Saturday in League One Blackpool 3-0 winners over Stevenage Cambridge United and Shrewsbury Town shared a one-all draw at the Abbey Stadium if you haven't seen it Michael Morrison with a wonder goal travelling from yeah Michael Morrison travelling from midfield um, the centre-half to, to, to score inside the 18-yard box for Cambridge Un- unopposed a very weird one from Michael Morrison but a well-taken goal nonetheless Carlisle United Saturday's opponents for Pompey at Fratton Park were defeated by a goal to nail to Leighton Orient. And Lincoln City also suffering the same uh, defeat scoreline at home to Burton Albion, who themselves were 2-1 victors over Cambridge last Monday evening. Um, the quality of League One, Matt, is something which I've seen sort of spoken about on social media over the last couple of weeks. And... Um, you know, this sort of relates to the question I just asked to Barry in terms of the international call-ups. Is the quality of League One growing season upon season? Or from what I've seen on social media, at least a lot of fans are discrediting Pompey's position at the top of the table because there's no longer the likes of Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich and actually potentially the quality's getting not worse, but not not better. I mean, I, th- I think, to be honest, Jake, it's it, it's always had quality about it. And I think no matter what now, especially nowadays, there's so much quality in the league. And, and as you said, that speaks for itself in the amount of games that are now postponed due to international call-ups. You know, the, if, if you've got players in your squad that are quality enough to be sort of added to an international setup, then then you're always going to have class. And I think... You know what? It, it's been a great season for Pompey. That's undoubted. But I think there's also a lot of still teams in that league that we're going to see get better and better you know the likes of Bolton I think they've just started off quite slowly mm. so I think it's fair to, to discredit and say well you know we haven't got the likes of Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Plymouth in there you know there's still still the class around um, and I think it's going to be still a really tough season but yeah I mean it, it, it's a really high quality league the EFL and, and I think it's only going to continue to get better I mean you only have to look at League 2 as well the, there was a lack of fixtures there and again, because they're they're having players that are coming through and, and getting international call ups, whether that's through the under twenty one setup or or into the main setup as well. Obviously, Barry Pompey hope to to maintain their position at the top of League One or at least there or thereabouts this season. And, and looking at the proposed opposition to be challenging for promotion um, this time around, you look at you know Barnsley; they are already third in the league. Peterborough United in fourth. Um, Bolton currently sixth. Blackpool recent, recently relegated from the Championship are in seventh. Wickham are sort of always there or thereabouts for playoff places. They're in eighth. Derby uh, maybe not quite had the start to the season their fans would have hoped for, albeit at the moment unbeaten in five in ninth position um, but really the question is what's going to happen to the likes of Reading and Wigan Athletic because they've both come down from the championship both have had these um, points deducted from them due to various different reasons ownership issues financial issues taxes not being paid um, Reading we know before the game against Pompey on the 28th of October are proposing to have a, a march to the select car leasing stadium from their supporters in, in protest against their ownership these are teams that irrespective of those points deductions Barry many actually saw would still be fighting at the top end of the division particularly Wigan they always seem to do something in League One are they in genuine danger of going down this year? Yeah, I mean, whenever you're in that sort of position, you're going to be looking over your shoulder. Um, you, you know, back to Matt's point and, and yours as well. At the start of the season, we all said this is the weakest that League One's been purely because of the three teams that were coming down. Um, two of them had these had these issues off the field that were going to cause them problems. And whether you like it or not, points deductions will cause problems um, long term during the season. So it's fortunate from, from our perspective. I do still think that both of them will probably claw it back and end up finishing around mid-table um, which is which is probably about right given given the issues that they've had but you know we, we, we said it at the start of the season we need this is the season to go and to go and challenge and to and to go and take the league by by the scruff of the neck and thankfully so far touch wood we've been doing it 
really is Pompey's opportunity, as both yourself and Barry have already alluded to. Matt, um, currently top of League One, as we know, unbeaten in their opening 12 matches. 23 games unbeaten, if you uh, stretch it back as far as last season, of course. Uh, that club record continues to be extended. The Blues on 28 points in first position. Oxford United in second, with the game in hand on 27 points. Like Pompey, have won each of their previous five in the league. But, Matt, the gap between Portsmouth and Barnsley, who are in third position, and, of course, the, uh, the first place out of those automatics at present, is six points already. And the gap between Pompey and Blackpool in seventh is nine points. And none of those teams have a game advantage on Pompey. Key, Matt, that, that Pompey have this really good start to the season. But as we well know from you know 2019, even last year, You've got to keep that consistency throughout the entirety of the campaign. Sheffield Wednesday fans will tell you how even just a blip in form can can really cost automatics. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, it, it's normally as well this time of year where where we start sort of, I suppose, the panic and and we've sort of dropped off in in recent seasons around the November December mark. And you know, particularly next month, it's a, it's a massive month in terms of fixtures. There's some huge games coming up. We've got Blackpool at home. Oxford away so you know th these games are, are really I suppose if we can get over the line in them and, and head into December still top of the league um, and, and bring that gap even further then you know we're, we're going to be looking good we, we just I feel like we need to get to January and, and still be where we are and, and still be performing to the levels that we are. And I then really genuinely think that we, we're going to be looking at possibly the season that we've all been waiting for for, for quite a while now. But it, it's just a case of, of if this squad can can carry on the, this momentum. And you know what? It, it just feels different this year, Jake, to be mm honest -hmm. with you. There the seems like there's that mentality within the squad that they, they just aren't going to drop off. And, you know, it's really great to see. So, you know, here's hoping that we can kind of continue this momentum get get these fixtures out of the way come out with some good results and we just have to keep our fingers crossed on there really Matt Corrick, Barry Clements with their thoughts on the men's season so far but it's time now to hear from club chief executive Andy Cullen, he sat down with Max Swatton over the weekend to go over the blue start to the 2023-24 campaign. Yeah we're obviously delighted with the start that we made, it would be wrong to say otherwise but equally we recognise it's just that, it is a start, there's a long long way to go um, you know, we look um, going into the tra into the next international window. Uh, it was great to get those two victories uh, against Wickham and then Port Vale uh, to give us that bounce going into it. And then uh, obviously we go for another set of fixtures when we come back into the November trans uh, transfer window, the international window. So uh, a, lo a lot to do there. So that's been um, that's been encouraging. Um, equally, we we'll look back and think you know we could have picked another one or two points out. Don't want to be greedy, but I think uh, it's constantly looking at where we can improve. That's the culture uh, that pervades everything that we're doing at the moment in the first team. So that's good. Um, absolutely delighted. Um, you know, for the coaches, for John, for Rich, uh, the recruitment team, the analysis team. They've got new medical staff here as well. So really pleased for them that they've made you know, a flying start. But as I said, we're only 12 games in. Uh, there's 34 still to go. So a big part of the season still to play for. Um, but I think after a very challenging September uh, to get through that run of fixtures, come through unbeaten with a good uh, points haul. Uh, and then we can now sort of go into the, uh, the rest of October and early November uh, you know, with a spring in our step. And uh, the most important thing is we're seeing lots of smiles on faces amongst the supporters. And it's the supporters who deserve the success more than anybody else. So it's good to see and uh, grateful as well that you know, when we, you know, we have gone behind a few times this season in games and turned things round, but supporters have stayed with us. And I cannot, under, you know, cannot stress how important that is uh, to the group to see it because we've got a good togetherness in the squad and we've got a good togetherness amongst the fans and that is the essential ingredient to succeed. Pompey women, they're also in the early stages of their season but they've also had an incredible start to their new era. How have you viewed that? It's been brilliant um, for them to uh, go into the season you know, with uh, five out of six games uh, won so far. Uh, scoring absolutely plenty of goals. I think uh, in our 125th season, they could get to 125 goals the way they're going at the moment. So uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. And you know, I've been able to get down and watch most of the home games at Wesley Park. Uh, we had 735 uh, attend the last game uh, on, on Saturday, on Sunday. 
which was terrific against Villariki. Um, and it's something we want to continue to grow. We were very conscious at the end of last season that they had a really good season. Um, I think in everybody's eyes, they probably outperformed. Uh, and we wanted to make sure that we could ensure that they had the platform to retain the best talent, retain the best coaches that they've got. We've got a cracking head coach in, in Joe Sadler, uh, a team. And that was the decision that uh, Michael uh, Anton Anty made that uh, we'll set up a separate company, uh, we'll invest in the women's team, you know, which is a, had a great time to do that and take them semi-professional. So we've been able to not only retain uh, the best talent we had from last season, but add to it. Uh, we've got a situation this season where the top team uh, in the National League South and the top team in National League North will both be promoted into the championship. And it's a big year because there's going to be some significant changes to the structure of the top two divisions in women's football. We're in the third tier. If we can get into that tier, then we can share in those rewards and the progressive change that's being made. So absolutely delighted for them as well. Delighted in the same way as I am for John and his team, for Jay and his team and for all the players. So well done. Uh, our next game uh, at Wesley Park is on the 5th of November kick off two o'clock against MK Dons and it would be great if uh, we could get you know, many more down there. The demographic, it's you know, very, very young families. It's absolutely a great afternoon out and uh, it'd be great if we could continue to grow those crowds. Chief Executive Andy Cullen there with the club's media team and part of his latest Q&A session. We'll hear more from that on Friday's episode of The Football Hour to hear what was said about the scheduled completion of the Milton End, the proposed work on the South Stand TV gantry and the removal of the stadium's LED advertising boards as well. Right, moving on then to the FA Cup first round draw, something we all get excited about every single season. For some reason, this time around, it was made at 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon as opposed to a Monday evening, which is bizarre, but we'll, OK, we'll roll with it. Um, a couple of ties to note. Bracknell Town, they will play Cambridge United away after they were very late 1-0 winners over Dagenham and Redbridge causing an upset on Saturday afternoon. They're into the first round proper for the second year running. Worthing, they launched themselves into round one for the first time since 19 99. I was only a year old. They've been drawn away to Alfreton. I'm sure they'll enjoy that one. Uh, Oldershot Town will go to Swindon, so a relatively short journey for them. Uh, Horsham beat Dorking Wanderers of the National League and have been rewarded um, by scale, yeah, rewarded with a trip to Barnsley. But a trip to Barnsley, I'm not sure if it is a reward or not. OK. And for the third year running in round one, believe it or not, Eastleigh and Boreham Wood will play each other. The third consecutive year, Eastleigh and Boreham Wood will play each other. Not to mention they play each other in the league anyway. They're going to be sick of the sight of one another. For Pompey, though, where our main interest is, of course, ball number 36 on Sunday's draw, were drawn away to ball number 57, which is Chesterfield. Chesterfield away for Pompey in round one of the FA Cup this season. The tie to be played between Friday the 3rd and Monday the 6th of November. And of course, some things to note about Chesterfield. Uh, Paul Cook, manager of Chesterfield for a second time. Of course, former Blues gaffer. Gary Roberts, who played under Paul Cook at Pompey um, during their promotion season in 2017, is assistant to Cookie. At Chesterfield, Tom Naylor and Michael Jacobs former Blues players uh, are at Chesterfield as well. They're top of the National League. Not to mention, they've got Will Grigg up top as well. Um, Barry Clements, your reaction to that draw? Plenty of talking points from it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was never going to be a glamour draw in the first round. It never is, but at least it was one of interest. You know, we seem to be playing ex-Portsmouth Football Club um, as, as much as possible. Um, I'm looking forward to some voice cracks from Cookie in the pre- and post-match interviews. Ah, Jake, we're devastated to lose the game the way we have. Um, so, yeah, and obviously it'd be good to see how Naylor's getting on. I don't know if it'll be classed as winter at that time, so it'll probably do OK. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jacobs as well. So, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of familiar faces, and at least it's something with a bit of a story behind it, rather than just oh, we're playing random national league yeah. team that that has no links to us. 
And albeit they, they've got the, these players within their ranks, Matt, the likes of Tom Naylor, Michael Jacobs, Will Grigg as well, they are a, a non-league side. That is what you have to take in, into consideration. Yes, they've had a great start to the season. Yes, they are top of the National League and they will be a, a very difficult opponent to play. But from a, a Blues fan's perspective there, Matt, they are a non-league team which, which Pompey should be beating. Yeah, of course, you know, on, on paper, you look at it and, and you say we should be going through. But I think everyone has to remember they're a bit of a, a cup specialist team as well. You know, they made it to the third round, I think, a few seasons back and got Chelsea away. And, you know, I even remember back to, to 97, I think it was, where they got to the semi-finals. So, you know, they they like a cup and um, the upset's always there, no matter what in the FA Cup. You only have to look at the qualifying rounds to see see that possibility. But... You know, the way we've been playing, the squad we've got this season, I'm really hoping that we, we should just comfortably come through this tie and, and hopefully move on to the next round, really. Will Pompey's defence be terrified, Barry? Is Will Grigg on fire? He's, he's playing non-league football. He might be a bit warm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's certainly going to be going to be lukewarm. I don't know about on fire. Um, and look, I think Chesterfield need to be far more worried about the legend that is Cassini Yengi before mm. we worry about Will Grigg. I'm sure one person will be delighted with a reunion to Paul Cook, and that's our friend and colleague Neil Allen from the Ports of News. Yeah, he uh, he certainly writes some stuff about Paul, as Paul would quite uh, quite happily tell him. So, yeah, uh, all the best, Neil. I hope uh, I hope he doesn't shout at you this time. Not played Pompey and Chesterfield since the 2013-14 season. Um, two meetings in that League Two campaign. But first of all, on the 31st of August 2013, 2-0 defeat for Pompey at Fratton Park. Two Paul Cooks, Chesterfield at the time. And then the reverse fixture on the 3rd of March 2014, a 0-0 draw at what is now named the SMH Group Stadium. Those two meetings came after over 30 years of the two teams having not played one another at all. Pompey were 4-0 winners at Fratton Park in Division 3 back in April of 1983. So some some people are calling this a boring tie um, because it's only Chesterfield, but actually we've only been to Chesterfield's grounds once in the past three decades, so can't be that bad, can it? Um, the only thing to, to potentially be concerned about, Barry, before we head into the break a little bit later than usual, I must admit, um, is the potential of this one being on TV. Now, we all want this to be a Saturday at 3 o'clock, maybe a 5.30 at, at worst, or a Sunday afternoon. But Pompey against Chesterfield, both top of their respective leagues, hopefully will still be in those positions come the start of November. It's Paul Cook against his former side, with those players mentioned as well. It's got TV written all over it, right? Well, you'd like to think so from a financial perspective, but I know Wrexham come in at this round, so chances are they're just going to go straight to whoever Wrexham are playing and go, oh, Ryan Reynolds, oh, Rob <laughs> McElhinney. So, you know, we, we might get rewarded with our, with our Saturday 3 o'clock, but... I mean, the story's right there. It would make so much sense to chuck us on, on BBC on a, on a Monday night, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would indeed. Right, time for a quick breather now, but we'll be back before long and moving on to talk about yet another win for Pompey's women, whose head coach, Jay Sadler, believes Sunday's game was as much of a mental battle as it was a physical one. We've had a few problems that we've had to deal with and that then posts questions to us and our mentality. And this was a game of mentality. It was a game of mental battles just as much as it was anything else. And in previous games when we played a hashtag, um, we probably didn't show them, them signs of character and resilience. And today we did. So we've got to applaud all players, all 16 players. More to come on yesterday's 3-1 victory at Plymouth as we hear not only from Jay Sadler, but double goal scorer Beth Lumsden too. When the Football Hour returns after the break. This is the Football Hour. On Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of ten day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome back to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you as ever by our good friends over at Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area 
area. Right, moving our focus on now to the Portsmouth women who have had a fantastic start to their new FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division campaign. Uh, they've only been defeated once all season in the league. Uh, seven games played altogether now, including yesterday's result at Plymouth. Six victories, one defeat. That one defeat, a 1-0 loss away at Hashtag United. 36 goals scored two against a goal difference of plus 34 uh, they have 18 points in the league as things stand four wins in a row following that hashtag defeat a game in hand on the leaders who are hashtag united three points behind them and with that far superior goal difference well as i mentioned they traveled to plymouth argar yesterday afternoon to take on a site who are now as a result of that defeat, sitting in 10th out of the 12 teams. On the score sheet twice was Beth Lumsden with Sophie Quirk adding the third. Plymouth had drawn themselves level at 1-1 before Lumsden stroke the second goal home just moments later. And it's time now to hear from the double goal scorer from Sunday's win. Well, Beth, a 3-1 victory in Plymouth. What do you make of it? Um, I think first half we wasn't good enough. Um, I think we didn't show sort of what, we, what we're good at. Um, I think we let external factors get in our heads but I think second half we were a lot better and I think we showed our quality and we deserved the three points. Perhaps struggled to get a foothold of the game in that first half like you said what did Jay say at half time to sort of rally everyone together? I think just sort of saying like don't become complacent like we won the up we haven't won the game yet um, just again do what we do best and you'll get the three points but yeah just just keep going. One nil up at half time thanks to your strike just talk us through it. I don't really know it come from obviously that side um yeah, I just sort of took it, sort of let it roll across me and then left foot, it hit the post and luckily went in. And your second one, just talk us through that as well? Yeah, again, it was just from a corner um, and then like they headed it out and then, yeah, just striked it. So, yeah, again, lucky it went in. You looked like you really enjoyed that one. How good was it to celebrate with everyone after you scored? Yeah, it was just good. I think, obviously, they haven't had a lot of times where we've gone sort of nil-nil, uh, one all, and so it was good to get back in front and, yeah, show show what we're about. Yeah, how important was it, sort of looking back, to, to get a reaction so quickly? Obviously, straight from kickoff, we get the corner and, and score. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely important, and it just shows that we can go 1-0 down and we're resilient enough to get, get another goal back. So, yeah, no, I think it was good. Yeah, Beth Lumsden with her post-match reaction from yesterday's 3-1 victory over Plymouth Argyle. Time now to hear from the gaffer, Jay Sadler. He also caught up with Max Watton after the full-time whistle, who first asked what he made of it all. Happy with the result. Um, I think there were moments, especially in that first half, to be really pleased about. Um, we knew Plymouth would make it difficult for us, on and off the pitch. Obviously, it didn't help um, moving uh, to a different venue um, within sh short notice, um, and it was going to test the mentality of this group. I think first half, we, we knew what they were about. They were going to sit into a block. They were going to make it, nullify the spaces and make it make it difficult for us. Um, and I think first 15 minutes, we probably found our rhythm. Um, and then we obviously got the goal. Great technical strike back from Beth. Um, we, we still had glimpses in moments in that first half. With, with Danny Lane's had a couple. Quirky's had one. And I think in other games this season, we've put them away and we've come in with a comfortable lead. But still think there were moments through our transition. And this is what Plymouth Argyle are. They're a transitional team and they made it difficult for us today and credit to them. Second half, we've given them a moment, a lapse, and they've taken it and punished us. And that then proved a question of our character, um, a question of our resilience. And within three minutes, um, the players have answered it and, and, and found a way to, to get the second goal. And, and then the third goal kind of killed it off and, and we were able then to manage the game out and obviously come away with three points. Yeah, perhaps struggled to get a foothold in that first half. What did you say at the break? Well, I think I've got to take a little bit of accountability myself. Um, we've tried to play direct probably first 10 minutes to push them back. We didn't need to. That probably fell into their hands and made the game frantic. And what we needed to do was get a foothold on the game and, and, and have a little bit of composure. And I think in that first half, I think we gave them too many moments through transition. I think the distances between our back line and midfield line were, were too big. And we allowed Becky Danbridge to get on the ball and, and, and the half turn. And they didn't have any runners off. Second half, they did. They brought on Crawford. They had a runner off. Um, and we had to... Um, we had to defend that. We made a couple of alterations in that second half. We felt we needed some, someone wide with pace that was going to defend the outlet. They, they were looking to play over the top of Evie's head and, and over the top of Nick's head. And, and then in, in, in Emma Jones, she was able to look after the ball and, and bring players into the game. But I think special mention to Beth. I think she, she was superb today, took her goals really well and could have had a hat-trick with, with one of the best technical efforts I've seen with like a, a cracking volley at the back post and it wasn't to be. But we found a way. Um, we're really happy that we've got the win. Still moments, we're still growing, we're still learning, um, but we're still winning, and that's the main thing. How 
pleasing is it to get the victory today, to, especially uh, this weekend? You've had a great chance to bond with the team and, and they finished it off with a, with a win here. Yeah, well, we're, we're an hour and a half away from the um, original venue, so we've had to do a 45-minute journey, which we stay over to alleviate these issues. So we've had a few problems that we've had to deal with, and that then... Post, that then posts questions to us and our mentality. And this was a game of mentality. It was a game of mental battles just as much as it was anything else. And in previous games when we played a hashtag, um, we probably didn't show them, them signs of character and resilience. And today we did. So we've got to applaud all players, all 16 players that, 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 that played their part today, however big, however small. Um, we found a way from the starting 11 to the finish 11. And we've got a win. We're disappointed not to keep the clean sheet. And that's something we'll go away and we'll dissect that goal and figure out ways because we pride ourselves on clean sheets. But what we've got to take pride is, is the reaction to that goal, how we've then found a way to get another goal, to go ahead and then manage the game out in, in, in difficult conditions. And listen, Plymouth are a good team and they will pick up points at home. But we've, like I keep saying, we found a way, we stuck to our guns, stuck to our principles and, and we managed to get the three points. The post-match reaction there of Jay Sadler, head coach, of course, of the Pompey women after yesterday's 3-1 victory over Plymouth Argyle away from home. As I mentioned before, those interviews pumping out up to second in BFA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. A reminder that the uh, the, the winner of the title this season will be automatically promoted to the second tier of the championship and that is for the first time um, after previous campaigns the winner would have to play a playoff match with the winner of the northern section of the FA Women's National League. So great to see that at least the first team will get automatically promoted but still very cutthroat as if you don't finish first, you won't go up. There's no playoffs or anything like that. You will just stay in the division. So plenty of hard work to do for Jay Sadler and his side over the course of the remainder of the season. Seven games played there, as I mentioned, for Pompey's women. And there are still, because there are 12 teams in the division, there are... Uh, oh, do the maths, Barry. Blimey. 15. <laughs> 15 games. <laughs> Mental mind block there. Yeah, 11, 11 teams to play and 22 matches. Yeah, 15 games to play. So they're about about 30% of the way through, his, through the season. I can, I can figure that one out. I can't count between 7 and 23 at 22. But, um, percentages are your game, Percentages Jay, are my fair. game, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, what, what a start to the season they're having, Barry. Um, and, and, you know, in, in this 125th anniversary campaign for the football club as a whole, how great would it be to see not only the men getting promoted to the championship, but the women too? Oh, it'd be, it'd be absolutely incredible. It'd be fairy tale sort of stuff. Um, you've only got to look at the the mentality of the ladies there. You know, Jay at the end of his interview there saying about how they're disappointed to have not kept a clean sheet from a team that have conceded two goals all season and scored thirty six. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible mentality. Um, and you know the the fact that this year is the year that they've gone semi pro. They're starting to pay the players. Obviously, Jay's now a, a, a full time member of staff at the club. It's um, yeah, it's it's all positive, and if they can if they can sign off this historic year with a with a promotion as well, I mean, it's just the sort of thing that that you'd expect you'd expect in Hollywood. And a lot of change is happening to the uh, the, the women's sort of pyramid from next season as well. If you can get into the championship this season, a lot of financial benefits for you know the, the Pompey women's side, but obviously as a, as a business, you know Pompey in general. But obviously that will go to the women's side and, and, and absolutely deservedly so for it. But there are financial gains to this Barry and you look at the quality of women's football at the moment the popularity that it is so rightfully getting that it's increasing um you, you can see this being that the absolute dream for Jay Sadley he's been a, a long-term servant of the club he's been here for a, a whole host of years now I think it's six years in total uh, potentially seven um and and to get promotion this season like I say would be would be fantastic but when you look at the growth of women's football how how, how great would it be just for, for Portsmouth Football Club as, as a brand as well to have a side into the championship. Yeah, it'd be incredible. It's um, it, it is continuously growing. You know, attendances are getting are getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, we've got we've got people that are that are solely focused on on the women's game and doing their very their very best to promote it both nationally and and locally with people like Chiv and what have you as well. So, it's um. Yeah, it's, it's ever-growing. Now is the time to absolutely get on board and it could only be a good thing for the football club and the city for, for the ladies to get promoted as well as, as, well as the men. Mm. Barry, thank you very much. Matt is still, uh, of course, on the call with us tonight as well. We'll be getting the thoughts of him very, very shortly. But it's time now to hear uh, from Moneyfield's head coach, Glenn Turnbull. They secured a fantastic 5-0 victory over Fairham Town at the weekend. And earlier today, he spoke with our very own Paul Marsh. 
93.7 Express FM is Paul Marsh, and I'm delighted to be joined on Zoom by Glenn Turnbull, Moneyfields manager. Um, obviously on the road again on Saturday. Uh, it was another local derby of which there are lots in the Portsmouth uh, in the area in the Wessex League. Away to Fareham, a really, really good 5-0 win. Yeah, it's the third one in a week. So last week in the in the cup was Paul's Grove, then Wednesday, Baffins, and then obviously yesterday at Fareham. So quite nice to have three local away games um but yesterday was each game throughout our run recently is built with better opponents and and things get better and the last two we felt were were tests of just where we are so to come come out of those uh games um eight one on aggregate almost is um really pleasing for us because obviously playing away for the whole season um, form-wise, you struggled for a little bit. You got it back now. You brought in some new lads. It's it must be very pleasing because I remember last year uh, Michael Birmingham saying that their aim was to win or to be top of the local little league and win all of these derbies. So you know you you've had a good start with regards to that. Well, I think this year we've got as many points from three games as we had from twelve in them last year. So where we've uh, we we beat US. We've beaten Baffins, we've beaten Fareham, um, and obviously lost to to Horndean at the beginning. But so took nine points from a possible twelve um, from for us this year is is a good return. Um, now let's talk about the man who made the big impact on Saturday. Ryan Pennery's back at Moneyfields. Obviously, he's he's gone and played at a very high level. He's been very, very unfortunate with injuries. You've known Penners for a very long time. What's it like to have him back in that Moneyfields team? He's good. He's uh, as you say, I've known Ryan since our reserve days um, and his youth days almost at Moneyfields. We dis- we spoke. I spoke to him in the summer. He felt he wanted to try a couple of things. He ended up at Chichester. Then he moved to Portchester. Um, and there was a couple of opportunities that kind of looked like it might be worth a conversation. Um, so we put the approach in. We then had the conversation. Um, I think with Ryan, like like you say, he's been unfortunate with injuries. Everyone knows his ability pre-injury. Um, and now it's just a case I would have been kicking myself if if he'd come back and and proved his his ability and his worth was still there for someone else. So I use the words a gamble. It's not a gamble with Ryan. I don't feel, but the objective is getting back in, make him feel part of the th- the team. He wants to play football, which is refreshing. Uh, he just wants to come in, get a bit of a run, score some goals, and collectively we'll both see where we are at the end of it I hope that's the end of the season but all the time he's scoring hat-tricks every week undoubtedly you're going to get eyes from other people looking at it but I, I, I think for him and for us for him to get a consistent run of games to be playing for a manager that trusts him um, and to be in and amongst a group of lads that that value him as well is really important for him so obviously we you've got AFC Porchester sitting at the top of the league, um, Horndean just behind them. What is your expectations for the season? Do you obviously, you know, promotion is going to be a real long shot, but the squad you have, you're seventh, sixth, seventh in the league at the moment with all away games. Are, are you looking to push on from that a little bit, maybe get top four? Yeah, I think the, the club were objective enough that this year we needed to build on last year. Um, and I think we have we've built a, a better squad. Um, obviously, we've got using the terminology build. We've got the complex that is when we're in there will be a significant improvement. Um, but this year, again, that they they haven't really set any targets. Personally, we set targets. Yeah, of course we have. I, I think with the squad we've got, top six is achievable. Um, I don't think we'll set our sights above that necessarily. You can have a look around, you can see it. I went to watch the game Tuesday against Horndean and Portchester, the two best teams in the league, and I thought there was um, areas where where they would probably think that they were really good, but equally there was areas where other managers would have been there thinking that could be our in to, 
to to level a playing field against them. But ordinarily, those two probably are, are vying um, for top two spaces. And then you've got a, a host of about six or eight clubs behind that will probably all be saying the same things as me. Would expect to be top six. Um, but yeah, that that that's the aim this year. Glenn, thanks so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, all the best for the weekend's games and we will talk again very soon. Take care, mate. Cheers. Glenn Turnbull speaking with Paul Marshvere after Moneyfield's 5-0 victory over Fairham Town on Saturday afternoon. You can get your next non-league fix when Over the White Line returns this Wednesday evening from 6 with Henry Deacon. Right, time for a quick break now. And when we come back, the three of us here will, with hopefully the help of you tuning in back home as well, come on to talk about the international break, how Pompey's representatives have fared and tomorrow night's big European qualifying match between England and Italy at Wembley. If you want to get involved, you can text the word EXPRESS to 81400, followed by your name and message. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Join us in a few moments' time for the third and final part of tonight's show. You're listening to The Football Hour here on Express FM. This is The Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Right, we've reached the part of the show tonight where we're going to come on to talk about uh, international football, of course. Pompey not in action this midweek and there was no game on Saturday to review either. So we move on to talk about international football. Instead, something that the three of us have got very, I'd say little expertise. We've got some, some sort of expertise in it, I guess. Um, we'll start off with uh, Pompey's international players, shall we? Uh, Matt Corrick joining us over the phone lines tonight. Matt, uh, Regan Paul, he made his Wales debut in a 4-0 friendly win over Gibraltar at Wrexham's racecourse ground last week. Then was an unused sub in their 2-1 qualifying win over Croatia. Matt, after a number of call-ups for Regan Paul over the past four or five years for the Welsh senior team, yet to make his debut, he did during this international break and what an achievement that is for him. Yeah, completely. Um, and I think, to be honest, most people would agree that it was thoroughly deserved. Um, he's had a fantastic season, um, probably by far been one of the best centre-backs in, in the EFL. Well, it's certainly League One anyway. Um and, you know, topped it off traditionally with uh, a yellow card, which, um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have been a Regan Paul performance without it. So, um, yeah, really, really pleased for him and, and hopefully a lot more to come. Um, I think maybe Croatia was probably a bit of an ask for him, um, only just sort of stepping into his first game against Gibraltar. You know, it was probably the right kind of game for him to come into. But, you know, solid performance as, as expected. And, you know, hopefully, as I said, many more fans come. And speaking of Wales, um, they're in a good position actually to, to qualify for Euro 2024. Barry, level on points with Croatia, both having 10 points on the board as things stand. Turkey leading the group on 16, so they've all but qualified for next year's competition. Two matches still to play. Wales have got it all to play for um, and potentially could, could reach uh, next summer's tournament, which you know for, for them, of course, after reaching the last couple, well, not Euro 2020, but Euro 2016 after that incredible runs for semi-finals I'm sure they'll they'll be very happy with that yeah absolutely I mean they seem to be they seem to be heading in the right direction don't they um yeah I mean it's it's difficult to really care if I'm completely honest <laughs> with you um the only reason I'd really be interested is if is if Paul and Morel managed to manage to make the team bit of a weird one that Morel didn't make this squad um, just as he's really coming into his own for, for Pompey at the moment um, and he seems to have been called up a lot previously when he when he hasn't necessarily been in top form for the club so yeah an interesting one there but um, 
yeah, if 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 they get if they get there, then I'd love to obviously see more Pompey players at a major tournament. Mm. Uh, Paddy Lane was on the bench in Northern Ireland's three 0 win over San Marino on Saturday. Again, not used unfortunately in that game. Northern Ireland do host Slovenia uh, in the Euro 2024 qualifying uh, group stages tomorrow night. Uh, Northern Ireland currently sit in fifth in their qualifying group, but unfortunately um, can't. No, they can't make it through to Euro 2024 automatically. They're 10 points behind Denmark in second with three games to play for, so only nine points available. Um, Scotland have qualified automatically after Spain defeated Norway at the weekend. Um, yeah, again, a fantastic achievement for for the Scots. Um, Matt, these are home nations. Is it is it is it easy to be proud of our home nations and our, our, our neighbouring countries in, in reaching these tournaments or as an Englishman is it actually quite difficult to be proud of them and actually not envious but not really caring like Barry said um, yeah I mean it, it's it's nice for us to, to see the, the boys like the Pompey lads um, you know getting their call ups and, and you know getting some playing time I'm gutted for Paddy Lane that he, he didn't get an opportunity against San Marino I think that would have been perfect especially the way he's been playing the last few weeks for the Blues um, but ultimately you know I think tradition goes that we, we don't really care too much about the the, the other teams um, the main focus is on England obviously um, you know achieving their goals so it, you know, as I said, it, it's nice to, to see the lads um, and, and the Pompey boys getting their call-ups, but ultimately I think, you know, it, it's not really something that we, we're going to cry about if Northern Ireland or, or Wales don't qualify, really. Yeah. Uh, Terry Devlin on duty with the Northern Ireland under-21s as well. Um, just trying to look into their team now. Uh, hasn't or didn't start in their 1-0 win away at Azerbaijan under-21s last week. An unused sub, Terry Devlin, for the Northern Ireland under-21s. But on to England, as, as Matt's alluded to there, then Barry. Friday night saw a 1-0 win over Australia. Friendly game, that was at Wembley. Not the most entertaining of matches, you could argue, at the Capitol. And, and one that does it give you much confidence for tomorrow's meeting with Italy, or do you not really try and take much from these friendlies? I mean, it would be like trying to uh, trying to assess Pompey's game on a Saturday due to an EFL trophy fixture. I mean, it didn't it didn't mean anything. We know there's going to be nine, ten, maybe even eleven changes come um, come tomorrow night. So yeah, I mean, I don't really I don't really see what the point of it was. If I'm being if I'm being brutally honest with you, I didn't watch it because I didn't I didn't I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> I was playing football myself, so yeah. I mean, look, at least at least there's something riding on the Italy game, and it will be better, and it will be England's first team. But Friday was, yeah, pointless. This has turned into a really exciting passionate <laughs> part of tonight's show. Um, looking at the players who did feature on Friday night, um, Matt Ollie Watkins got his first England goal in that win over Australia, tapping from from what two yards out. Some good work from Jack Grealish on the left-hand side. Um, do, you, do you see many of those players from Friday night's game starting? You had Sam Johnson in goal. Obviously, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back for Caio Tomori. Lewis Dunk and Levi Cole as well. Connor Gallagher, Jordan Henderson midfield with Jared Bowen, James Madison, Jack Grealish ahead of them. Ollie Watkins leading the front line. We'll expect Harry Kane to come back into the fold tomorrow night. Matt, can you see any other players from that 11 from Friday starting against Italy? No, not really. Um, I mean, as Barry sort of said, you know, it, it, it's kind of a pointless game of friendly and, and I think it really gives an opportunity for the likes of those players to come in. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think we'll probably see maybe possibly Grealish um, come on at some point to, to impact the game if needed, but um, obviously, you know, he's not played much football this season with, with the injuries, so um, he certainly won't be starting, us for sure. Um, and I think, we're, as Barry said, you know, we're probably more than likely going to see 11 changes. Um, and, you know, the the, the team that we, we have, we're going to have out there is obviously going to be a lot better. You, you're going to have your Kane, your Rices, your Bellinghams. Um, I mean, again, even possibly Trent Alexander-Arnold might get an opportunity, but I, I can't, again, see him really starting maybe against Italy. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to see a completely different side and, a, and possibly a completely different game as well to the one that we, we unfortunately had to, to bear on Friday night. <laughs> And it goes without saying, Barry, tomorrow evening's fixture at Wembley against Italy is, is a massive one for, for both sides. Uh, looking at the table as things stand, 
England at the top of the training is Pompey then England top with 13 points after five games played uh, there are a total of eight matches in this group um, Italy also five games played on ten points um, a win for England would all but qualify them for Euro 2024 that would take them to 16 points with Ukraine in third with ten points on the board six points behind England they would be if the three Lions can get a win against the current reigning uh, European champions Italy um, we have played Italy a couple of times since that um, final defeat in 2021 on penalties barrier heartbreaking night for all of us but you, you can also get the sense that a win tomorrow one step further to qualifying for next year's tournament of course Italy didn't make last year's World Cup Ukraine you never know they, they could pit the Italians to to qualification for next year's tournament in Germany it could just be that that's an extra sweet bit of revenge that England get over the Italians. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to qualify at the earliest possible opportunity, um, and if that means that you get to, you get to knock out a former famous foe, then oh, that's difficult to say. Um, if it means you get to knock the Italians down a peg at the same time, then then absolutely brilliant. Especially after those heartbreaking celebrations at, at Wembley a couple of years ago. So, yeah, as, if we can get qualified. ASAP that would be great. The only the, the only question I do have at the moment is what is the what is the standard for actually getting an England call up at the moment because you know you've got players like I hate to say his name, but James Ward-Prowse, who's obviously now now at West Ham and doing oh, absolutely brilliantly. Turning your mic down for that. <laughs> But in all seriousness, you've got a player who's gone to West Ham and has got, what, seven goal contributions in his first seven games in the Premier League, being overlooked for someone who's gone to a league that none of us know the quality of, um, with certainly questionable morals behind it. So why is a player like Jordan Henderson, and you can say it's the history and the leadership and what have you, but what standard do you need to be playing in order to in order to get the call up? And when can we expect Christian, Ch- Christian Sadie or Colby Bishop in an England shirt? No, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> but no, certainly in terms of yeah, but the players that are getting three lines called up, we've seen it years, year, year upon year, don't we? The same players get called upon. Um, they say it's not down to reputation or the size of a name, don't they? But in realistic terms, you look at other players that are performing well, and you know you mentioned it there. One player, and there are many examples that aren't getting call ups. Um, week in week out when, when some players are yeah um, it is baffling right score prediction time Barry what do you reckon for England for England 2-1 uh, to, <laughs> to England 2-1 to England uh, Matt what do you reckon uh, I'm going to go for a comfortable 2-0 for England I think we did a job on them out in Rome and, and I think we'll do it again to be honest with you our, our team once we've got off an 11 out I think is, is probably one of the best squads in the world so yeah comfortable 2-0 for England I'll take that I'm heading to Wembley tomorrow um, I, I'm trying to head to Wembley tomorrow anyway get up a train up to the capital for that one my legs are sore my ankles are sore Barry my back is in bits um, after yesterday's great self run I tell you what going 57 minutes without mentioning it is impressive yeah, look, I, I will I will take my hat off to you sir if I was wearing one I only wanted to mention it to say thank you to everyone who supported us and, and fundraised for it as well I'm looking at the likes of Graham Price as well our listeners Keith um, Darren as well uh, for supporting uh, the run as well fantastic contributions you've made um, to yesterday's run I'm pleased to say I've done it an hour and 52 minutes and 54 seconds with, um, with, with no training so look I'll, I'll take it I'll take it. Um, Mate, you it, did incredibly well. <laughs> incredibly well. Uh, could have done better, but hey, look, like I say, no trading. A month's notice, an hour and 52 minutes and 54 seconds. I'll try and get a bit better next time. Um, but no, thank you very much to everyone who contributed. £260 raised for Pompey in the community. I'd set a target of 250 so we've got a tenner above board. Um, so yeah, really, really happy with that. And on behalf of Pompey in the community, Claire Martin, who I spoke to uh, the weekend as well, all very, very happy and really, really appreciate everyone's help with that one right it is time unfortunately to say goodbye to our listeners but Football Hour has reached its conclusion for tonight's edition of, of the show big thank you to Barry Clements for joining us in the studio tonight Barry thank you very much for coming in brilliant to see you as always Jake thanks for having me likewise to Matt Corrick joining us over the phone lines this evening Matt thank you for calling in I appreciate your help tonight and uh, yeah have a good onward week my friends and to you too, Jake. And yeah, well done for your run. And uh, thanks for having us on. Pleasure as always. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right, that is it for the Football Hour this evening. But coming up here on Express FM tonight, we've got plenty of great shows on the way. Jeff and Aid return with the Soft Rock Show between 7 and 9, which is when Kevin Stokes returns from 9 o'clock up until 11 with that 80s show. 
Josh Bowness returns with Express Hits from 11pm through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Henry Deacon's back with Over the White Line Wednesday from 6 and I'll be returning with a football hour on Friday at the same time as well. Have a good evening, Pompey fans. Take care and stay safe. Good night.